So, yeah, we have been going through the Ten Commandments, and if you wanted to ch catch up, uh, you could find it on Facebook, you could find it on our website. Um, we have all of them. And so, the Ten Commandments were given to Israel as they left Egypt, and as God is establishing a new nation, he's saying, hey, we, we want to create a covenant, so we have an agreement of this relationship. So originally, the co Ten Commandments were guidelines for Israel to live out their life in freedom. And just like when we get married, we say vows. We, we promise and make guidelines and, co and covenant with a spouse that I will live this way because I love you, because we are in this relationship. But the Ten Commandments are not just for Israel, but they apply to us in various ways. And they also curb society from chaos. And so today we're going through it, and the first four are all about God, which can be summarized later on when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So the first four are, shall have no other gods before me, do not create any idols, do not use the Lord's name in vain, and next week we'll cover honor the Sabbath. So we'll talk about that. Um, let me just jump right into it. Uh, being an immigrant in the 1980s was hard for Koreans um, in, in a unique way. Korean names don't translate well phonetically to American language. So in my home church, I had a brother. His name was Yusuk, Y-O-S-O-K. But the way it was spelled out and the way it was pronounced through all of elementary was you. And so he had a brutal time because it's a beautiful name in Korea, Yusuk. In America, phonetically, when you say it in a certain way, it's almost a curse word. And so one day, he was in my Bible study. He was in one of my little, my little brothers, and I was teaching the elementary Bible study. He said, you know, uh, Mr. Jason, uh, my mother allowed me to change my name. So my name would be Peter <laughs> Yusuk. Kim. And so it's, it's, it's interesting because it's an honor to have that name, but sometimes our names could be so hurtful when people misuse it. And so obviously Peter is a good sport. He's in Colorado somewhere now, successful grown man. But your name is important, and our, name, our names are given to us, and they're sacred. They're more than what we are called they identify us. They, they almost embody us. So if I wrote your name down and I ripped the paper, there's something visceral there that you feel, hey, man, that, that was a little offensive. And so the Lord says in Exodus 20, verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who take his name in vain. God is being very serious here. It's almost a warning. The Lord will not hold anyone guiltless for those who take his name in vain. And so if you say to someone, do you know the Ten Commandments? A lot of people will say, oh, of course I do. Not all of it, but I don't murder. I don't kill. I don't steal. But we forget the other significant commandments that God is also telling us. How do you treat the name of God? And so... Heidelberg Catechism, we've been visiting this, number 99. The question is, what is the aim of the third commandment? And can we read it together? That we neither blaspheme nor misuse the name of God, 
by cursing, perjury, or unnecessary oaths. And so throughout the Bible, God's name, if you look at the Bible, there's something really uh, a cool pattern. God's name is associated with God himself. It's not just God, but his, the name of God. God's name represents God. So, for example, uh, let's look at Psalm 8.1. The glory of God is intertwined with his name. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Why, why doesn't the psalmist say, how majestic are you in all the earth? How about, how about the next one? God's faithfulness is tied to his name. So Psalm 119.55, I remember your name in the night. That's funny. Why don't you remember God? Because to remember your name is to remember God, O Lord. In fact, in the New Testament too, God's salvation is tied to his name. So Romans 10.13, let's read this together. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So it doesn't say, thank God, everyone who is good and lives a perfect life, follows the Ten Commandments perfectly, You're, you treat everyone with niceness, will be saved. It doesn't say that. It's everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So it translates also in a song we'll sing later. Matt Redman wrote a song, Blessed Be Your Name, right? Blessed be your name, the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, Blessed be your glorious name. God's name is equal to God. Why is God's name so important? Uh, if you turn with me to if you have your Bible, Exodus chapter 3. When Moses was shepherding for 40 years, God said, it's time. Um, I'm calling you out. I need the relief uh, shepherd. Come on out. God comes to him in a burning bush. And God basically says, Moses, I want you to go to Egypt and free my people. They've been in bondage. And one of the questions Moses asks back and forth, like, I'm not sure I could go. How can I do that? I'm just, I'm just a nobody. One of the questions Moses asks, if I come to the, them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What, what is the name of the God that sent you? What shall I say to them? And look how God responds. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you. So to misuse God's name is to blaspheme God because literally God's name, I am, is representing God. I am. Later on in the New Testament, there's something cool that happens. They come to arrest Jesus and Jesus says, which one of you is Jesus? And, and then Jesus goes, I am he. And they, they all fall back. I'm not sure why they fell back, but something happened. They fell back. But some people say, God is saying his name through Jesus. I am. The, the powerful name of God is holy and sacred. And so to misuse it is to be killed even in the Old Testament. Leviticus chapter 24 verse 16 says this. Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him. The sojourner as well as a native, when he blasphemes the name, shall be put to death. That's so harsh. Why is God being so harsh? Because to blaspheme the name of God is to blaspheme 
God. Um, how many of you say the Lord's Prayer at least once a week? Some of you say with children, you teach it to your children. Um, the Lord's Prayer. Did you ever think about that? Just take a moment to ref reflect on what you're saying. Some people say, I like the Lord's Prayer. More than like it, just study it and model it. Our Father, who art in heaven. What's the next phrase? Hallowed, holy is your name. The way we see God, the way we call God, and the way we call, know God in his title is God. And so to treat God's name as a curse word or something so, so petty, or, or we'll go into that a little bit later, is to equate as something in my heart is not right with God. So my wife's name is Kathy. And so can you imagine if you use Kathy's name in vain, like, like that was your family's curse word? You stub your toe, oh, Kathy! It's just, wow, that's weird. Why would you use that name? Like, and then a lot of teenagers, uh, when I grew up in New Jersey, we had a lot of fist fights. And one of the best ways you, if you want to get into a fist fight is your mama, right? Your mama. Would you say about my mama? Oh, your mama. And so you take your mama jokes, and you make fun of her name or you make fun of her, it's like it's on. And the fists go up and then they're like 3 o'clock parking lot. True story. I got to a lot of fights. 1988. Those are the bad times. And so the name of God is sacred because we even treat our mother's names with, with dignity, with love and honor. In fact, these days, the trend is people tattoo their kids' names on themselves. Don't tattoo your girlfriend's name, guys. Don't, don't do that part. Like, tattoo family is okay. We'll talk about tattooing later. But when people tattoo their girlfriend's name and then they break up four times, they have like a, it's just kind of weird. But names are important. The Lord's Prayer teaches us God's name is holy. Um, I think sometimes we get a little too casual with God because we think Jesus is our friend. And he is. But he's also the eternal creator, almighty God. And so the best way to capture that tension, how do I approach God who is so loving and welcoming, but he is also holy and reverent? I think C.S. Lewis captures it really well in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And this is a segment from that. Uh, Miss Beaver is, Mr. Beaver is talking to one of the girls in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and he says this, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Ooh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he, is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Mr. Beaver says, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Aslan is a lion who is the king. Is he safe? Of course not. But he's good. He's the king. Is God safe? Of course God is not safe. To see the face of God is to die. Moses said, God, I want to see your face. And God said, you shall see my glory. You cannot see my face. But I'll let you see. Go hide behind that rock. And God walked by him. And God let Moses see his backside. This is glory. God is good, approachable, relational. But God is a holy God. And we're too casual with God. Growing up, another cultural difference was 
when I hung out with my friend, he's like, hey, uh, yeah, Fred said I could use, uh, use a machine. Your, your dad? Yeah, yeah, my dad, Fred. And I was like, oh my goodness, if I ever called my dad by his first name as an Asian church, I would be an orphan. And so well, I, would be, I would be cast out. And so sometimes we have to ask ourselves, when is it too casual and when is it sacred? And the heart of this command is that we know God's name because we revere, worship, and adore God. And so how do we break it? Exodus 20, verse 7 again. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The Hebrew word for in vain, it just simply means empty, in an unworthy manner, falsely. Do not use the name of God in an empty way, in a false way, in an unworthy manner. And so I want to share with us five ways that we do break this. And this is not a legalistic thing. I, need, I don't need you to write it down to make sure you're abiding. But it's to disclose we are sinners. We break the Ten Commandments this often. And so here's the first way we break it. And a lot of us probably fall into this category. is to use and utter God's name as a curse word or use it casually. Three letters in the pop culture, O-M-G. So, like, even when I get that text, I'm like, ugh, it just feels weird. That's my, that's my Lord. It's, it's not just, a, just like a venting. Um, to use it as a curse word is equivalent to seeing God as this just trash. We blaspheme God. And so to blaspheme his name, misuse it, is to see God in this way. I think that's the most common way. Oh my. And so say something else. Like say, say cucumber. I don't know. And so for whatever reason, our culture, we celebrate that. We have memes about it. We have these big graphics and t-shirts. Oh, and, and it's like, when did that become accepted? And so second way we break it, we make promises using the name of God, knowing that we won't even keep it. Uh, children do this a lot. Will you do your uh, errands? I swear to, I will do it. If you, you know what I learned now that I'm older? <laughs> but when you have to use that phrase, I swear to, to do it, something has already gone awry in the previous years. Your character has not been established. You should be above reproach and living with character integrity that you never even need to say, I swear. So it's like when Pastor Pia, would you do this? I will. I know she will because she's so committed, dedicated. She doesn't need to say, Pastor Jason, I swear to, I will. And so we throw this name of God to say, I am really serious. And so what if we curb that a bit? Third way we misuse the name of God is a lot of churches do this, and I didn't realize this until I was reading some commentaries. And Kevin DeYoung, he's an author and a pastor, he highlighted this. We use this very dangerously, and pastors use it, worship leaders do it, elders do it. And it sounds like this. Hey, Joey, I was praying. God wants me to marry Jane. God wants me to, hey, guys, we were at church God wants us to use this $10,000 to build a barn. What, what's happening here? When we slap the name of God on a decision to say, God wants me to, either you better be 100% crystal clear that 
God spoke to you explicitly, prophetically, not just a feeling, not just a confirmation assurance, or don't use the name of God like that. You know, I think God wants me to go to Six Flags today because the weather's so beautiful. We, we throw God's name in a way, we slap it on to affirm our decision, and it doesn't even need the weight of God in it. So, what's a better way to do this? What's a better way to handle that? And Kevin DeYoung is so wise, he shares this. Be honest. We phrase it this way. We prayed and we sought God's leading in this decision. And this is how we feel we can best honor and glorify God. And that opens it up so much more rather than saying, God wants you to get married. No, how do you know? <laughs> Did he tell you? God wants his church to move to Alabama. How do, do we know? And so we need to be careful about slapping the name of God around like that and using it as if it's like assures us of our decision that we're not even fully sure about. So forth. You're like, well, I've been pretty good, Pastor Jason. I, I'm pretty good with those three. Um, this one really got me when I was in college when I understood the Ten Commandments in college, we use the name of God in an empty way in worship. So, for example, we sing God's name, we proclaim him in Scripture, we sing the words of the songs, Jesus, name above all names, or we use the name in such a way, but our brain and our heart are far from worship that is just empty, brainless song going with the melody. We could do this in praise team. We could do this in choir. We could do this in congregation. Where we're just singing the name of God as if it's like just a song. And I like this song. It's such a good song. The song really gets me pumped up. And it's just not even focusing on the reverence and the awe of who God is. Matthew chapter 15, verse 7 and 8, Jesus says this to Pharisees. You hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips but their heart is far from me. In vain, in emptiness, in worthy, unworthy manner do they worship me. And so I, it's okay to slap the worship song in this car you're driving, you're singing, but when we're coming to a context of worship and we're lifting up the name of Jesus and we say it just so mindlessly, that it makes us check our hearts to say, are you treasuring the name of God, or are we using his name in vain? Similar to that is this phrase, God bless you, that we say to each other flippantly. Sometimes these days we say it like as an insult, like, oh, God bless you. And so all of these things we realize, wow, we need to take a step back and say, how do we hold the name of God? Um, this one, the fifth one, it's, I, this is stretch, I got to admit, but I don't, I don't know fully if this is it, but I, I, like, I like the idea of it. We misrepresent God's name when we call ourselves Christians, but we live in a whole unworthy manner. So let me give you an example. On my bumper sticker, I have, I have uh, no, no Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace, or a fish sticker or cross on my car. And can you imagine, I'm driving down beach, and I'm cutting people off, giving them the bird, yelling at them, cursing at them. 
And you see this car that says, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. And then I, I just clip a car and I'm parking and I'm like, ugh, got to get out of here. And I drive away. How have I, what have I done with the name of Jesus? I have misrepresented him. I have done a terrible job of being a witness. And so we take on the name of Christ in our lives and we say, I'm a Christian. And the way we live is counter to Jesus. We have misrepresented the name of Christ. And so we want to bring honor to his name, not this emptiness. So those are some ways that God is saying to us in a nutshell, my name is holy. I am holy. I called you out to be holy. Would you hold that? And so as I wrap this up, what's the point of all this? Our words and how we use the name of God matters. But this is a good time to share the third reason why God gave the Ten Commandments. You ready? So first, he gave it as a covenant relationship. Second, he gave it to give a rule to society to live by. But a third way he gave it, to, and this is more relevant to the modern people, the Ten Commandments, if you look at them and say, boy, I've done a good job, and I'll try to hold it, and God will really take care of me if I hold it well, you're missing the point of the Ten Commandments. The point of the Ten Commandments is more like a mirror to you to show you and me we cannot live righteously with our own power. We break one of these five ways of the Ten Commandments, Third Commandment, easily. Paul says it this way, What then shall we say? Is the law sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known what sin is. For, is that verse in there? Okay. <laughs> for I would not have known what it is to covet, if the law had not said, you shall not covet. And so what God is telling us is that this Ten Commandments is not just something that we have and we hold, but it shows us that how much we need a Savior. In the King James Version in Galatians, the next verse, it says this, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. In other words, when we look at the Ten Commandments and we realize I've used the Lord's name in vain. I've treasured my children above God. You know, I love money more than God. It is not for God to condemn us, but that is actually grace to reveal to us, woe am I, a sinner in need of a Savior. And so, as we journey through these next Ten Commandments, live according to them, but the standard that we keep has already been broken, and this is why you and I cannot live this by our own power, but solely by the grace of God. And the people said, amen. And so this is the journey, friends. This is not a message to say, you better keep it. The message is, we can keep it. In fact, this morning, we probably broke eight of them, if not all of them, already. And so we turn to Jesus Christ to say, you're the one who fulfilled them. May you continue to deliver me by your grace. He was the only one who is the name. And how do we know Jesus is? And this is the last verse, Philippians 2, 9 and 10 tells us. Can we read it? Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. He plants in our life Jesus Christ 
God incarnate who died on the cross rose again to give us righteousness and to prove that he is raised up so that at the end of the time, all people will worship the name that is sacred and holy above every name. Jesus is our delight. He is our treasure. Blessed be your glorious name. Let's pray. Lord, we are in awe of you. We ask for your forgiveness when we carelessly threw your name around like just a curse word or just a word. Can we pause, God, and to see that you are the creator, you are holy, you are mighty. You are also the God who gave us your only son to redeem us from this brokenness of sin. So, Lord, may we look at the Ten Commandments not merely to condemn us, but to convict us so that we would fall straight at the feet of Jesus Christ. And we adore his name, who is our mediator, who is our salvation. And as we wrap this up, may this song that we sing in response really flow from the heart that says, God, in all of my life, I am only here because of you. I am only here by you. And I am only here for you in your glorious name. We pray with the prayer you taught us. As we say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.